Welcome to Panda Ninja Entertainment Podcast. This is episode 3. Episode 3 is sponsored by No One. This episode's featured topic is racial issues in sports. Hi, I'm your host, Jarrett. You can follow me on Twitter at PE Jarrett, and you can follow me on Instagram at Jason32. Hi, I'm DJ Quez. You can follow me on Twitter at PE DJ Quez, as well as Instagram at The Real Producer DJ. What up, Panda Ninja fans? This is your boy, Barrett. You can follow me on Twitter at PE Barrett and on Instagram at Bison32. Hope you guys are having a great weekend. We're excited to bring you our third edition of our podcast. And to end the second edition, last week we talked about did athletes have the responsibility to speak out on social and political issues? And we all agreed they did. So we figured if they do, us as public voices, we do as well. So with that, we're going to start our podcast today talking about Sandra Bland. Guys, what do you feel? I don't know. This is it's crazy how it's going down up until this point. Like this woman had a whole life ahead of her and now up until this day this is where this is where we're at. This is where we stand. It's 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 crazy to think that something like this is still happening in the United States. Very crazy. I mean, to the point where you you get you think about if you got pulled over, how would you respond and you know, all the things you that are going on right now, you probably worried for your life. I don't know, man. It's, it seemed like a minor traffic stop from what I saw it on YouTube and the other videos that are out there that she was being pulled over for not giving a signal of changing lanes. And she was told to put out a cigarette and she was like, I'm in my own car. Why do I have to put out my cigarette? And then from that point on, it just it escalated really, really fast. And next thing you know, she's off camera being put in handcuffs and restraints for no reason. The officer didn't identify why he was arresting her or any any well-doing why he wanted her out of the car. It just is really infuriating that something like this is still happening. It's, it's really, really frustrating that. I'm here um, in my own house, and if I just go somewhere, I can get pulled over for having my taillights out. And I say one thing wrong, next thing you know, I can be on the ground just because of what I look like. I mean, the media and most of the topics have been about the racial divide on the issue, and which is important and we'll discuss. But for me, it's more of a human issue and just common decency, like just because you're a cop doesn't give you the right to treat anyone the way she was treated, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, like for real, human decency. Even as a cop, you don't have the right to treat people like they're less than human. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what we're seeing more and more of in the country from cops, period. Forget all the racial stuff and all that stuff. It's just the human decency aspect to me that's striking that like, just because you're a police officer, you feel like you can act any kind of way and it you're, has to stop. Yeah, and you're like above the law and just because you wear a badge and you carry a gun, you feel like you have more power than a regular human being. You're, you're an officer. You're supposed to be protecting and serving the community. 
and yet you're abusing your power just because you're in a position where you can take people to jail or enforce the law. But they do more than just enforce the law. They're, they think they're above it for the most part. These, these crooked officers, I'm going to say that, they're crooked officers. And they have no well-being being an officer if they're going to act like that. We have all these good officers out there that are getting a bad reputation because these few bad apples. And, of course, these bad apples are going to get blown out of proportion. Well, I won't say out of proportion, but it's going to show more media because of what's going on nowadays. So you have these officers who think they're above the law. Just, I don't know. It's, it's really, really horrible. Oh, but exactly. Like, good point you brought up was there's tons of most cops out there are good cops. They're out there doing their job trying to protect you and I and protect the community. So we don't want to sit here and make people think we're cop dashing because we're not. Cops are a valuable part of our community, and it does nothing but make the cops who are doing their job properly. It puts them at harm because now people are going to have a heightened sense of anger mm-hmm. And so when a cop's just trying to do his job properly, now people are going to be hesitant to just follow along because they don't know, is he a good cop? Is he a bad cop? Like, yep. Yep. So is, is this justified? Should I listen? So, yeah, so they're doing nothing but hurting good cops. Yeah, definitely. There's also, there's also going to be, like, a lot of people testing, you know, their rights just because of this situation mm-hmm. that's going on. And then, I mean, no human being should have to go through what she had to go through. Yeah, that's what she me too, Cliff. Like, regardless of anything, this is a woman minding her own business. And whether you say, okay, fine. I mean, pulling someone over for switching lanes without a signal, is it technically something you could pull someone over? Yeah. Yeah. Does it happen often? No, hardly no. ever. Yeah. But, no, but, not at all. So even if you're going to do it, fine. Okay, the laws on your side is justifiable. But treat her with respect. Seriously. At the end of the day, they are human beings just like we are. Exactly. I mean, I've seen, I mean, you watch cops. You watch those shows back in the days. Um, on True TV, there was, they have cops going on all the time. And I remember, like, officers all the time on the show just pulling people over, people getting bent out of shape all the time. And they were very professional. The cops were professional. They let them get their anger out. And they just said, ma'am or sir. Uh, can you lower your voice? I'm trying to talk to you and tell you why you're getting pulled over and all this stuff. And, and, and they were just very professional at it. But in this situation, it was different. It was like he was looking for blood. Like this officer was looking for blood. Just because right. she said she challenged his authority. Like, why do I need to put my cigarette out? He went, he just started going out, of, going out of control. It just, at that point, there was no stopping him. There, I mean, again, she may, she, Challenge his authority. That's one thing. But he didn't have to pull her out of her car and slam her against the ground and treat her like she wasn't even human. Like, that is beyond disgraceful as a human being. He went beyond, uh, above and beyond call Seriously. of duty. Yeah, definitely. Just for some traffic mile, um, violation. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And question for both of you guys. There's many out there that would say, well... Cops have been provoked, and they never know what to expect when they pull someone over, so they're justified in this behavior. What do you guys have to say to that? Well, I mean, it's because of the situation that's going on right now. I mean, that's, it's, it's, a two, it's a double-edged sword. Like, the regular citizens who are getting pulled over, they think that they don't know which officer they're dealing with, like we talked about earlier. 
they could be a good cop just asking saying the right questions and um, giving the right commands but they can be a bad cop at the same time saying the same thing but if you slip up and challenge your authority once saying i'm just going to identify myself and i'm not saying anything else you might end up on the ground just to answer that question cops know what they sign up for they know what's going on this is why they're in the line of duty because they believe they can serve the community and make it better they know what they're getting into every day that they put on that badge they are they have, they have a target on their back it's it's a really 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 hard job it's really tough and just to go out there with the badge on with that uniform you're putting yourself at danger in harm's way every single day so they know what they're signing up for it, it it's just a different circumstances now because now that a lot of racial issues are popping up and a lot of cops are killing unarmed people and beating up on people it's just other humans is is getting blown out of proportion so just because it's going on now doesn't make it any different than what's happening back in the day because every single day that they put on a badge they have a target on the bat boys what do you think yeah you don't know but there's a right and a wrong way to do things and you won't know i mean you don't know how every person is going to react you don't know what you're going to walk into but at the end of the day just as jerry said you know what you signed up for you know what you're getting into yeah and I would say, too, like, if a cop is, if somebody can't handle the stuff they're getting into or they're starting to get frustrated, then that's not the job for you. Yep. Like, you can't right. handle it. Basically, and if you quit. can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah, for real. Right. And quit. I mean, you don't have to take somebody else's life because you yeah. have pressure. Just quit. Exactly. If you're unhappy or you feel like people are terrible or you got to treat people this way, then that might be a sign for you that this is not the job for you. But then, like how, let's say you're that person and you identify that you're being, you're, you're stressed out. This is not for you anymore. Time to quit. But what if there's a person that's like that? Is there a way to identify this as somebody who's like working with this person as their boss? Like, is there, I, I don't know if there's a system for this where they're like, hey, Joey, um, we're seeing you're pretty frustrated. We think you should take at least a month off from this job, uh, recuperate, come back. I don't know if there's a system for that. But like if you were like this person's boss or you were this person's partner, could you identify a person like this and like, hey, this guy shouldn't be working anymore? Well, maybe that's something police department should invest in. Maybe like once a month, like bring in all their officers and like, kind of assess where they are mentally yeah that's that would be a good idea i don't know if they do that now but that have a psychiatric just come in and like hey how you doing just evaluate each officer to see how they're doing yeah like i mean they can establish like in the beginning like officer mike officer mike was a happy-go-lucky dude but mm -hmm. six months from now in his evaluation he seems edgy he mm -hmm. seems unhinged, like everything is bothering him. Then you kind of know, all right, maybe we need to pull him off the street for a while, talk to him, see what's going on. Maybe yeah. even they can do, like, test calls or something and, you know, go out and be evaluated off of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there definitely has to be more oversight over the officers. Like, they can't just – I mean, obviously cops have some kind of free reign, but they can't have total free reign because you as a citizen, like – no matter what you do, you're going to be in the wrong. Yeah. 
Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, even legally, when you have the right to ask the questions like Sandra did, like, that mm-hmm. ends up with you in jail if the cop feels like it. And you don't know what they do behind cameras. They can hide. They can change evidence. Like, just, I, I don't remember what I heard this from, but the, the victor of war is always right history. So the losing side would never have their history told because the winners of the war get to rewrite the history on how the events unfolded. So you'll never know what happened on the loser side. So in Sandra's case, off camera and while she was getting booked, you, you don't know what happened to this day, up until this point while they're doing the investigation. We don't know what happened. The officer could have continued to be unhinged. Um, I saw an additional video after she was arrested. She was pulled out of the cop car with her hands handcuffed, handcuffed to her feet like she was some animal. Pull her out of her car just that way, lay her on the ground, left her on the ground for about four or five minutes. Just just like an animal. Like, it's really crazy how officers can treat human beings. Like, this person is not human anymore. If you can go to this length to treat somebody like this, you're not human anymore yourself. You're an animal. It's, it's disgusting that we, I can't say we, but there's people out there who are wearing badges who have this kind of power. And they're not being evaluated or stopped or anything to prevent them from doing this and it, it needs to stop it really needs to stop no, there's there's no reason for that at all i agree another question for you guys what about the people out there that seem to defend these actions no matter how heinous they are they find some kind of way to justify it how do you guys feel about that well i mean you're always going to have ignorant people People are way, raised that way, and they will never see any wrongdoing in actions they believe are justified. They will find a way to justify something. If you're in denial, you will find a way to justify an action, even though it's completely wrong. People, it, it's a, it's just taught. It's really just taught with the community that they grew up in, the the, the society that they brought them up, they were taught to act this way. They were taught to think this way. And you can't do anything but shake your head and feel sorry for them because they're just ignorant. And you can't, you can't teach it. I mean, you can't, I'm, I'm looking for the word. You can't get rid of ignorance that easily. Well, I can't even can't take those people seriously. No. And do you guys think, they defend them because of racial you think it's racial the reason why they defend them at this point I I would think it would have to be because if you add everything up there's no way in somebody's right mind that you can justify this I mean there's no way no there isn't but I I to go off what Quez said as well like how would you how would you think this person is thinking would justify something that that cop did? Maybe they, they love cops. Maybe they're trying to justify everything that that cop does. Okay. Okay. Rule those people out. There's like a handful of people who are like, well, cops, you should have listened to the cop. You shouldn't talk back to the cop. You should do this. Uh, you should listen to the law. You should never change lanes without putting on your signal. Well, to say to that, those people, um, I drive in St. Pete all the time, go to work, go down the street, go to Publix. I guarantee you 95% of these people don't use signals when they're changing lane. Let alone, they don't even use their signal when they're turning right or left. They don't use signals. And there's cops around sometimes. They don't stop them. I don't see cops stopping them. 
But for people to just say, just obey the law, you wouldn't be put in that situation in the first first place. <laughs> I laugh at that. I guarantee they don't obey the law all the time either. What are all these law-abiding citizens at? I guarantee you they don't abide the law all the time. So how are they going to go and sit behind a computer and type, hey, you should have listened to the cop. She would have did this. She shouldn't be. She wouldn't be dead right now. I feel sorry for them. I really do. How can you go? Somebody lost their life because a cop was not being professional. And you're going to justify that? I really do feel sorry for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to be so blindly just to one point of view, whether it be the point of view that the cops are always right or the cops are never right. Like, mm-hmm. each situation is different. Yep. And any normal person evaluates each situation based on its merit, not automatically going in like, the cop just pulled out his gun and shot people. I don't care. He's a cop. He's right. Like, I just yeah. don't understand how yeah. you can have that kind of logic without it being something deeper and probably being some racial. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's face it, if this was a white woman driving the car, would this same situation have happened? I doubt it. I doubt it. Strongly doubt it. It it shouldn't be like that. I mean, you should never have to the point where somebody should say, oh, if you just obey law, you'll be okay. Especially if you know you're right and you haven't done anything wrong. That's like an act of terrorism almost. Exactly. When you haven't done anything wrong, there's what is what law is there for you to obey? You can't really do anything in that point. You're just... Like, someone doesn't have the right to disrespect you just because they're a police officer. I agree with that. So, so it's easy to sit there and say, well, you should obey when you in that situation, most people, like 99% of the people are going to be like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. You have the right to ask what you do and mm-hmm. say you didn't do anything. That's not disobeying. That's not breaking the law. Mm-mm. All this woman said, why didn't I put out my cigarette? And um, I, I forgot what else what she said, but she just got put over for a minor traffic violation, and she was told to get out of her car. She said, why do I need to get my car? That's what she said, and the officer opened her door and pulled her ass out. Like, what, what do you, where are you supposed to do at that point? Like, and then you're being put in restraints, even though you didn't do anything wrong. So naturally, if I was in that situation... I would kind of, I was like, hey, what's going on? I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you throwing me around? Why you, why you throwing me to the ground like that? Why are you putting me in handcuffs? I didn't do anything wrong. And she's asking him, what is she being arrested for? And he would never answer the question. And then she said she has epilepsy. And he said, good. After she was slammed to the ground. Unbelievable. Like, there's people out there like this wearing a badge right now, people. Yeah. I don't care what color you are. That is crazy. That is crazy. Man. I just hate how the media tries to portray it as a a racial issue when nobody, nobody should have to go through something like this. Nobody. Absolutely. Whether it was, like I said before, whether it was racially motivated or not, like, you can debate that to the cows come home. But the fact of it's human decency should always rule the day. No one deserves to be treated like that, regardless of race, age, shape, size, gender. Like, that's just something you don't do to someone and then claim to be in the right or claim to be human because humans don't do that. No, especially when you're trying when you're an officer and you're supposed to protect the community. I don't know what happened behind the scenes or how she ended up the way she did, but 
this woman had a lot ahead of her. She just got a new job. She just moved to the area. And you're going to treat her that way and then say, I don't know, it may may or may not be true. She killed herself. After she phone called her friend saying, I don't know how she said, I don't know how I'm in the situation over a minor traffic violation. She said that she said those words. I don't know why, why, why am I here? When you get this message, call me. That's what she said. And then the next day she's dead. And I, I, I honestly, if you put that all together, I honestly don't believe that she committed suicide. It's just, if you go back and you see like some of her posts and her videos, mm-hmm. there's no, there, there's no way that this that is some shady business going on. I mean, she was a very bright woman and to take her own life just because of a traffic mile, uh, a minor traffic violation. I, you have to, you have to prove to me that she did that. It's just, I don't believe it. I don't. And until that, those evidence come out and they say like this, these events occurred and this is what led up to this. I mean, at this point, you, you, you I, I don't believe it. Yeah. And I said at this point, the only thing I think we all agree on is that it's just sad. It is. And I feel sorry for her family and her friends and everybody who's connected to her. That's it's just really sad to lose a person that bright like that. Unfortunate and that that person who was behind that badge should not even be walking around in public right now. I'm I'm sorry, he shouldn't even hold any job whatsoever he does not deserve a second chance because he didn't treat a human like a human he treated him he treated them like an animal so you don't even know what that person is doing right now but i I really feel sorry for for everybody who's involved with that speaking of the whole racial aspect that brings me to our next topic which is painful for me because i grew up a huge hulk hogan fan and to hear about the comments that he spoke uh, approximately eight years ago this week, um, how do you guys feel about that? Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. I'll tell you. I was, I was, it's, it's crazy. Just like you said, I mean, you grew up watching this guy, and yeah. to see him say the things he said, is, it's hard to even, it's hard, it's kind of hard to deal with. And he even, his co-workers were black. Like, come on, man. You work with these people. Your your whole career, and you had this built-up racial issue inside of you to make you the way you are now. Like, how? <laughs> how? How long, how long have you been thinking like this, too, is what I'm wondering. I mean, you, I mean you've had to deal with plenty of African-Americans and... A lot of your fans are African Americans, and it's just crazy. It always, to me, it always, always have this paradox in my head where, say, someone like Hulk Hogan, like you said, he works around African Americans pretty much his whole career, and yeah, he can smile in their face and work with them, and then say this behind closed doors, and it always reminds me of how like some white guys can be like, yeah. 
my favorite player is say LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But yet, if their daughter came home with LeBron James, they would absolutely lose it. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, right. I could never figure out how you can cheer for somebody or <laughs> in one aspect, but in another, be like, no, never over my dead body. I mean, that's been like that ever since growing up. Like, you have these fans of like uh, the Gator fans and people who cheer for these college teams who are like, I love my team. I love my quarterback. I love everybody. And the majority of their team are, are African American, black. But yet, any of those kids came home with their daughter, asked them out to a prom or date or anything like that, they would flip over in their graves, bring a gun out. They, they wouldn't allow it whatsoever, yet they cheer for them. They cheer for their team. They care about them as a football player, as an athlete. But yet, if they do anything genuine or like come home and say, hey, I'm dating your daughter or whatever, like, no, they will not have it. I don't understand how, how people can be like that. Like, how can you like, uh... Yeah, I care about him because he's an athlete, but if I met him as a person outside of the athlete world, I would avoid him or, like, beat him with a bat or something like that. Like, just because I don't even know how you can think like that. It's crazy. And that guy has a lot of history that is not washed away. Yeah, speaking of his history... How do you guys feel about the way, first of all, the way the WWE handled everything and about how something being recorded in private is being used to affect him and his basically his life and his public life? Do you guys think that should be the case? So to answer the first question, WWE, since a lot of this racial issue is prevalent and well-known and nobody wants anything to do with it. They didn't. They just said no. Let's get rid of everything. He's not associated with us. I. They don't want their brand to be brought down by that. So, kudos to them for that. They did what the NBA did when their owner said something racially charged in a private setting, and that was used against him. Um, WWE used to, did the same thing. They're like, well, if we have a person working with us who's like this, our brand. Our marketing will fall a lot. So we don't want to lose our fans and we don't want to lose our viewing. So they immediately went into action. I, I, I give them kudos for that. Uh-huh. Dance- think? They, the, to the first question, they definitely expedited that. They took care of business. Like Jared said, they didn't want that rubbing against their brand. And it, it was the right thing to do. I mean... Yeah, I really don't think, even if this man has so much history with WWF originally, um, have so much history with the the wrestling world, the things that brought viewers to the show, I I really don't care. Just like we talked about earlier, like Kobe and and Wade um, in our previous podcast, like just because they did a lot of things for for your or your, for your team in the past. Don't mean they're worth it now, so you better break away from that, just like they did with Hulk. They don't care what he did in the past for them. He's racially charged, and now that racial issues are well-known and well-documented, they want nothing to do with that. So kudos to them for that. Definitely. To answer the second question, you're in a position where 
you're supposed to be professional. Everything you say and do will be watched with a microscope. You could be an athlete. You can be across the world. But if you break the law, if you do something that's damaging to your your well-being just because you're not in your workplace or you're outside somewhere or anything you do as a professional, it will it will come back. Even in the privacy of your own home? Well, that's where it, it's, it's a gray area. Um, yeah, you don't want nothing to be recorded and used against you and your privacy in your own home. It's, it's your pri- it's your, you're at home. You should feel the safest there. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have anybody come into your place and invading your privacy just because of the way you think. You, you, this person thought the way he did in his own house and home. He didn't do this in public. Just like you said earlier, he smiled and worked with these people, even though he thought a certain way. But he said that in the private privacy in his own home. It's it's kind of hard to, I don't know, use that against him and get away with something like that because you're at home. What if what if somebody went to your house and like, oh, I don't I don't like uh, Edge or Triple H or whatever because I said it in my house, but in person I work with them. And then somebody brought that out the light. Like, how are you supposed to feel safe if you're working at home or if you're at home doing you? You're supposed to feel safe at home. But I, I to answer that, I really can't. I don't. I can go either way with this. I don't really have a justified view on either way. I can. I'm on the fence about that. Well, how do you feel? In the privacy, you should. I mean, it's like a double-edged sword because. When you hit a certain level, you're supposed to be a professional. And you hit a certain level, there's always people watching you. The, the light's always going to be on you when you least suspect it. But if you... Eventually, if you hide the truth, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just hard. I had the word right in my mouth. can't even think. <laughs> it is hard because when you yeah you don't you're in private and your thoughts should be to yourself but if you have somebody it's kind of good because if you have somebody saying things that's not right being racist it needs to be put out there mm-hmm. because you this person is a professional he is a was a role model for a lot of people a lot of people looked up to him Mm-hmm. And to find out that he says stuff like this, and mm-hmm. think about it, if you're going to be that one person that's interviewing him, am I going to just cover this up, or mm-hmm. am I going to do what's right and spread it? Yeah, and to go off that, just to go off that, like, what if this person was plotting to hurt someone? Just because he has his own home doesn't give him the right to, okay, I'm going to plot and hurt this person in two years from now. If you have that kind of recording, like, just like how racial issues are huge now. I feel like it's that person's duty, even if it's in the privacy of her own home, to report something like that. Right. You can prevent stuff from happening. What if Hulk just went off on edge one day and just started hurting a lot of black African-American people just just because of the way he felt off of the comments he just made a few years ago? What, what if that happened? What if this was never brought to light and something like this happened and everybody like, why did he do this? Like, what did this come from? Did this just happen out of the blue? No, because he felt like this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
to go what do you back, think, Barrett? Well, to go back to the first part of the question, I agree and disagree with you guys. Like, I mean, I agree that in principle, the WWE did exactly what they should have done. But for me, like, I have a whole problem with the whole, like, fake outrage every time it comes to a racial issue. Like, the WWE did what they had to to protect their money, first of all. True. Like, we don't know how they really feel about the issue. Like, we, for all we know, they know that's how Hulk has felt in the past. So, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not going to give them praise for doing what they pretty much had to. They had no choice. And um, so while I agree it was the right thing to do, I disagree that, like, even going back to the NBA situation, like, the NBA had no choice but to take that stance. Do we know that's how they really felt? There's probably There could have been half the owners that agreed with him. So, I mean, like, the whole issue to me is just always gets clouded because in public, like, it's PC to be like, oh, we, that's terrible, that's awful. But yet what we just talked about in the Sandra issue, there's a lot of racial tension still underneath. There's a lot of people that agree with what these people say. But yet in public, you're not allowed to say it. And that, to me, like that creates most of the problem because it's still there, but everybody hides behind the public view. And on the second part, that's tough for me as well, like, everybody's entitled to have privacy. Like, what you say and do in the privacy of your own home should be sacred. Like, no one should know. Because, I mean, let's face it, all of us have said stuff in the privacy of our homes that had it gotten out the public, like, we'd have some explaining to do. With that said, once it's out there for public consumption, there's no bringing it back. So once you, once people have seen you say those words, whether it's private or not, you said it. Like that's it. That privacy's gone. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> you can't run up to it. You can't put <laughs> the genie back in the bottle. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, you can't really do much about that. Yeah. So while I dis, so while I disagree with how it was attained, and I think that everybody's entitled to be able to say and feel however they feel in privacy. But once it's not private anymore, that's it. Like, look at Ray Rice when we just heard he punched his fiance. It was bad. He was suspended four games. And everybody was okay. Once we saw the video, he was immediately cut, and he hasn't played a down in the NFL since. Yeah, that's that's another topic for a future podcast. But you, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Well, about I'm just that. saying, once the genie's out, like there's no putting it back. So once that's true. But once you're on video doing or saying something, whether whether it was illegally recorded, properly recorded, however it was attained, like that's it. You can't go back yeah but to go on what you said how they did the right thing they had to do it they really didn't have a choice or they could they knew about it or they probably feel the same way like well i'm not saying they i mean do. i'm just i know i know they could they could it's a possibility um i'm just saying to go back on that i mean every person you meet talk to or walk by on the street or your friends who you think are your friends or you don't know what people are thinking when they're in the privacy of their own home. But I'm just saying to add on to that, it's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that you have somebody as, in the status as Hulk Hogan was to think to think that in that degree. Um, nobody would have guessed. I definitely would never would have guessed that no. he was like this. 
Just like you guys said, I grew up watching him and I copied his moves when I was a little kid. And now I'm like, wow, I actually had looked up to this guy. You know, this was almost big as when the NWA surface or NWO rather surface. <laughs> Man, I couldn't believe it. New World Order. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I agree with you guys. I'm not saying they did know. I'm just saying the whole outrage over it to me is fake. Yeah, yeah. That's the part yeah. that gets me. It's the right. outrage. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Just, I mean, at this point, nothing should surprise anybody about it. So to be blown in out of proportion the way it is, come on, people. Exactly. That's like, and I'm not just saying this is not just a me attack on WWE. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. them. Like, it's just our society in general. Like, like we've said, like, there's clearly a lot of racial tension in the country, but yet it's not PC to say anything about it. So, like, it would be a lot easier if you were able to be to be like, I'm racist. So then people would know and be like, all right, I ain't messing with you. You're racist. But because it's, like, unacceptable to say it, it's harder to know what's what because it's all hidden. Yeah, it's just it's just like how I think a society works. History, like, shows, like, hey... Each and every stage, there's something that's going on that is frowned upon or you shouldn't be this or you shouldn't be that. Like, oh, you you set a fire to the forest or you started a fire. You're a witch. Everybody accuses you of being a witch. Oh, you're, you're a homosexual person. You're a very bad person. No, nobody cares about you. But now that's being accepted. Like, hey, people are born like this. We can't control that. And then if you talk bad about gay people, people frown upon you now. It's switched. Now, if you talk bad about them, people frown upon you. Now, it's, I mean, race has always been there. It's, it's always, always, always been there. But now it's, okay, the next issue is race. So if you hate a certain race, nobody wants to associate themselves with you because that's frowned upon now. I mean, it's always been there. It's always been there. But now it's the main issue. So now it's going to be anything that has anything to do with it, business-wise, they're going to get rid of you in a heartbeat and not even think about it. They could feel the same way. They're like, well, we agree with you, but now it's in public. We got to let you go, sir. Well, I think that's more so of the PC world we live in in general. Anything that's unpopular mm-hmm. is not accepted anymore. You're gonna, they're going to immediately cut ties. So it's, I don't think it's even like a, so much the racial issue. It's just anything. Anything that brings bad publicity, you're gone. That's it. You're going to be frowned upon. You're going to be scorned. And that's it. Because everything in our society now is so PC. This is very true. Well, now that we've had some heated debates to start, let's move on (laughs) to our our next topic. The next topic, we're going to talk about the huge deal between LeBron James and Warner Brothers. How do you feel about that, Barrett? I mean, there's been rumors for a while now with LeBron and Space Jam 2, and there's been lots of opinions and stuff about that. But Mm -hmm. the announcement shocked me because Warner Brothers said they don't want to just make a show. They don't want to just make a movie. They want to build a brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. Like, how many big-time movie companies like Warner Brothers have ever come out and endorsed the athlete and basically said, we're tying ourselves to him and we're going to ride him to a brand new brand. Like, this is a 
huge development yeah. for athletes for mm-hmm. for that whole community yeah. like this opens up brand new doors and i think this was a monumental deal i was thinking the same thing while you were saying that just like how you have shoe deals with nike adidas reboss you have like energy drink deals you got all these different kind of deals sportswear deals like yeah. every athlete's associated with kind of some kind of brand of some sort but there's never been a brand between a movie show entertainment and a athlete there's never been a brand of some sort and this started a brand this is monumental like you just said like lebron and warner brothers now that is a brand what they do with it they they can do anything with it we we just have to wait and see what they do with it but now it's a new type of brand and it's the first it's ever done i think it's crazy it's just really really crazy i don't know what they're going to do with it i'm looking forward to see how they go about doing it but now it's a type of brand that's never been done before well, and before Quez jumps in, I just wanted to say, too, like, this is huge for athletes going forward because a lot of times it's, all right, I've been playing football or basketball or track or baseball my whole life, and mm-hmm. here it is, I'm 30 and my career is over. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? True. Exactly. So, so now this opens up new doors for them to be able to continue to earn and be able to continue on after their sport, which mm-hmm. is hard for most athletes being a being an athlete myself i can attest to like when you start getting towards the end of your career you're like all right i've invested so much time and effort in this like what else am i good at yeah he's definitely taking his talents to burbank now (laughs) (laughs) with his uh spring hill company entertainment which i just recently found out about and they're supposed to be having a couple shows that are in the works and mm-hmm. movies and everything, like you said, which it should be pretty exciting. I mean, a lot of people look at Michael Jordan as a businessman. A lot of people look at LeBron as, hey, this dude's a flopper and he's a drama queen and he's always whining about calls. And But this man, outside of basketball... He owns a, so- a part of a soccer team. He's he owns a lot of business outside of the NBA itself. He's making endorsements, right. huge, huge multi-million dollar endorsements, just because of how great he is and how good of a businessman he is. He knows what he's doing. Just when he went back to Cleveland, he knew what he knew what he was doing. The reason we go back to the previous podcast that we had when we talked about LeBron. He couldn't do what he can do now in Cleveland that he couldn't have done in Miami. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to make his money. He's looking out for his people who signed with his um, agent. He, he looks out for for his people. He knows how to make money outside of basketball. While these other athletes are getting huge contract deals, I mean, LeBron has never been the highest paid player on his own team ever. He's making way more money than they can even fathom. This man is probably going to be a billionaire while he's still an athlete. Michael Jordan became a billionaire not too too long ago. But LeBron's on his way to make billion dollars while he's still playing in basketball because of all the outside deals he's done. He's he's a great entrepreneur. And you can't can't say that otherwise. Well, not only that, but it just highlights the number one 
uh, fact about LeBron James is that he's brilliant, whether it be on the basketball court or off. What's the number one thing that analysts and other basketball players point to? It's how smart he is on the court. He knows pretty much every stat and every player in the history of the game. Like, who knows that stuff? Right. So, I mean, you carry that off the court, and he's showing that he's just as brilliant off the court. LeBron James is one of those transcendent fixtures who would be successful at anything he tried to do because he's just a brilliant dude. Definitely. You know, go off on that. Like, the man didn't even go to college. Right, And and you see how incredible this man is. He can remember games that happened like five years ago, what he was wearing, what he was doing, who was sitting on the bench, how much time was on the clock, how many shots he took. He can remember all of that. He has, I mean, he just has a great photographic memory alone. Like, that's just insane how he can remember stuff like that. When people in the finals, the past couple finals he's been to, they always ask him like, Oh, what's your biggest finals? Or do you know who, how many turnovers you had? Like, oh, he can remember all that off the top of his head. Yeah, what happened at 2.43 to go in the game? Well, I was on the elbow. <laughs> um, I saw a double team coming, passed it, got it back. Fade away, was... hit the shot. <laughs> like, he can recite everything that happened play by play without even watching the game first. That's just unheard of. That's really unheard of. And this man watches film? Like, why didn't you watch film? You know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, too, with this deal, like, we've heaped a lot of praise upon, Le- upon LeBron James, but he also has a lot of responsibility now, too, because mm-hmm. he has to make this work or else this might be the last time an athlete gets a deal like this. So right. he, has a, he has a lot of pressure on him to not only do this, but to succeed and do it well. I mean, you yeah. got to be a pioneer in something, right? No, absolutely. I'm just pointing out that, yeah, like, this is not just all fun and games. Like, this is important for other people other than LeBron. True. So to go off on that, how do you guys feel about a possibility of a Space Jam 2? Who's going to be on the Monstar team? <laughs> Me, besides, personally. Besides Sam Cassell? You got jokes. (laughs) He got quiz. You know, I can picture a couple NBA players in there. You know, I can picture Kobe in there as the villain. (laughs) You know, everybody hates Kobe this day, these days. No, well, you got you got your loyal fan base. I mean. Everybody hates LeBron. LeBron has just as many people who hate him that love him. Same thing with Kobe. Like, any conversation that happens that has nothing to do with either of the two of them. It could be about, like, Mario Chalmers. LeBron and Kobe going to come up somehow. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's more to do with the day and age we live in where it's more popular to rip people rather than it is to praise them. Right. I think if... Go ahead, Quest. I mean, I think the same way if we were back in the 90s and the 80s, it would be just like people then, they didn't like Jordan for the same reason. So, mm-hmm. like that, people don't like to praise, they like to hate. Well, exactly. Like, I know my dad, like, he was one of the biggest Jordan haters ever, but there was no <laughs> platform for him to go on Twitter or yeah. Facebook or yeah. Instagram. 
So no one knew about that. So now everybody just remembers everybody as being a Jordan fan when there was plenty of people who didn't like Jordan. But now, yeah. but now, like, the second you feel something, you can put it out there. So it's out there immediately, and that creates more of the hatred we hear now. And, that, and, that, and that's crazy, though. Like, you go out on this man's fan page and literally hate on him, or anybody right. for that matter. Like, you, not, not your own blog, not your own Twitter, not anything. You go on the fan page itself and literally troll people because you feel like that. Like, do you not do anything else with your time that is valuable to well, the society or yourself? Well, what's funny to me is, like, half the people that tune into Floyd Mayweather Jr. fights are people that hate him yep. and want to see him lose. But yep. in essence, they're lining his pockets when they don't. They want to do nothing but cause him harm or dislike. But they're helping just... making him richer. Yep. Eating revenue. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Yeah, you know, they, people are people are interesting. They're very interesting. You know, on a side note, it's crazy what second place can get you. What kind of TV deal can get you? <laughs> look at look at American Idol. You can get like top five, and people are like, oh, okay. You you want a contract deal now? Well, Number one, yeah. sometimes I even get the biggest deal. Andre Iguodala yeah. like somebody hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? I can't even start on my own team. <laughs> and I'm the real MVP. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh yeah, I also read that Durant doesn't like people saying that. <laughs> That was an emotional moment for me. And okay. people were like, that's the real MVP. I don't like that. Can you blame him? That was pretty embarrassing. Man, I don't know what's more embarrassing. Derek Rose crying for no reason. Or, or Kevin Durant saying that. Man, <laughs> speaking of crying, what do you guys feel about Paul George saying he still wants to play in the Olympics after the injury he suffered last summer and this preparing for the world championships? If all Larry Bird, I'll be crying. Well, yeah, good point. Do you think they should allow him to play? Is that in his contract? I don't know Get if it's necessarily in his contract, but, I mean, I'm sure they can put pressure on him not to do it. I mean, as an owner, I would I would definitely not want him to play, but as the person, the competitor, I would want to play. I mean, he can only get better, right? I mean, there's always that risk of injury no matter or what game you're playing, what practice. Again. <laughs> <laughs> he, w- he won't be breaking that leg again because he has the same um, rod in his leg that I have in my leg. He would probably break his other leg first. But, I mean, it only it only make you better because you're playing against the best of the best, really, to train for, to get on that team and then play against the other people across the the nations. But... Uh, like like I said earlier, if I was Larry Bird, if I was the owner, I'd be, hey, I mean, look what happened to you last time. I get that you're better, and you want to get right back out there and play for the country and support us and do and do the things you need to do. But at the same time, um, I'm invested in you. My money's on you, yeah. and you're supposed to be my star player. You need to play for my team first. Before you think about even setting step foot on the court for the first time again on the United States team, I mean, as an owner, I would say that. Well, I mean, he'll have a year in between, but like you said, as an organization, I'm paying you twenty million dollars a year. 
So what you're doing for Team USA and all that stuff, while it's nice for the country, but I don't care because I'm not paying for that. And so, I think you're gonna, I go think ahead. you're gonna start seeing contract clauses just because. Of yep. This. Yep. That's what I was saying. Like, is that in his contract where they're like, "Hey, if we decide that you're not allowed to play on the team, you can't, no matter what you say." Well, and plus, as another perspective from the organization, like, look at it with the Heat a few years ago, like. When you got LeBron and Wade going to the finals every year, all that basketball in the regular season, then in the summer playing for Team USA. So when are they ever getting a chance to rest? That's crazy. That's crazy. Just to think the bat, the bat, the bat trips to the finals. And And then summer ball. And then summer ball. And then before you know it, it's time to start the year again. And then no wonder they look like crap against the Spurs in the finals. It's crazy. Like, how do you, how does LeBron, Kevin Durant, how do star players do that? Like, I mean, LeBron's a freak of nature. By all means, he's just a freak of nature. Make him play a whole game, only get like five minutes of rest. Not even that, like two minutes and 30 seconds minutes of rest. Play all of the finals and still on the court. Yeah, he has his cramps now here and now and then, but this man's playing with, Injuries that we can't see, but he's still on the court being the best athlete that he can while other people, they couldn't even fathom of doing this. I couldn't even fathom playing five minutes straight. This man's doing it like all the time. Man, and then he's playing summer ball, then coming back going to the final again. Like, how the heck do you do that? Man, and not just LeBron, man. All those guys, like, it just gives you a perspective of how amazing these guys are at what they do and just how amazing athletes they are in general. I don't know. It's just... If I was Paul, yeah, if I was Paul George, though, like, I'm a competitor. I want to get back out there. I, I want to prove that I belong on this team like I did before I broke my leg. I want to prove to everybody that I'm as good as I need to be. I mean, I was challenging LeBron before the Pacers started falling down or whatever. I was supposed to be the Nets hyped up superstar in the NBA, but now I have to take a, a take three steps back because of what happened to me. I want to prove to everybody that I am as good as I think I am. So if I was Paul George, like I see why he wants to get back on the the team and try out and play for the team again. Um, I mean, you can go either way with that. You can argue both ways. Like, hey, you're Paul George. Um, you're the owner. You're like, I'm. I'm I got twenty million. You. You're not. I'm not gonna let you do that again. But then again, on the other side, as a fan or as Paul George, like, well, I want to see him play and dominate. Like, you can go either way with that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I'm Paul George, I'm definitely back out there because being at that level, you have to be completely confident. Yep. And he's never going to get his complete confidence back until he goes back and faces the demon that hurt him. And once he conquers that, you'll start, I think you'll start to see more of the same Paul George. Like, even this upcoming season, I don't think he'll be the same. But if he gets through the season and he tries to make the Olympic team and makes it, I think that'll be a huge hurdle for him to clear, not just physically, but mentally. I mean, look at what happened to D. Rose. It took him forever to come back. I mean, you saw flashes of him this past year in the, well, and in the postseason. E- and not even physically, it's mentally. Mental, yep. Right. So yeah, it's, he is. It's, it's a lot of mental game. I think it's like 80% mental, if anything. Just hasn't been the same since that initial injury. No. Yeah, because he's lost his confidence. Like, the thing that separates athletes at this level, like 
all of them are good. All of them are talented. But mm-hmm. it's the guys who are mentally toughest and that have the most confidence in themselves that are rise even above the best and become the ones that are Hall of Famers or legendary. And Derrick Rose, like, he even physically, he may not be where he was. He probably won't ever be. But he's still good enough to play close to where he was. But mentally, he's not there. Like, he just doesn't believe he's the same dude. I mean, injuries, freak injuries are, it would take a lot out of you. I mean, even for me, when I broke my left leg, my fibula and tibula and JV football back in high school, um, <laughs> funny story is that the first thing I thought when I heard that loud pop was I was supposed to take the PSAT the very next day, um, the practice SAT test. And I was worried about that first before I was like, whoa. I may not walk again. So the very same thing that popped in my mind is like, I won't be able to take this test tomorrow. Well, that's Cause just because just... you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Most people would have been thinking about the PSAT. <laughs> uh, but, it, but for real, though, like when I broke my leg and I had a lot of time to think to myself because I was sitting in a hospital um, emergency room for a long time and then I was put into a room. I had a lot to think about. I was like, well, can I still do long jump? Can I run track? Can I play football again? I don't know what's going to happen. And once the surgery happened and I had time to recover, I, re- I was a competitor. I wanted to get back out there. Me being me and not being smart enough, I just skipped rehab and tried to go back out there without doing rehab. I was never the same. Never the same. Well, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of that too was because the importance of rehab too is it kind of helps build your confidence along with physically. So I don't think you ever like got your confidence back and your ability either. No, I was never the same after that. Definitely, that's it's just a part of injury, period. Especially for an athlete when you go through something like that. You always like you. You're anxious to come back, and you're anxious to do it again. But it's, it's just not the same because you you have that injury, the last mm-hmm. moment in your head of what happened, and it's you, that fears in your head now. Yeah. With that said, Quest, do you think Paul George will ever be back to the way he was, or better, or what? I would like to see him back to the way he was, but I, I really really don't know. Yeah, that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to judge or gauge that. But I'm going to take a shot in Dyer, and I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, the Pacers really need him to be back to where he was. They really don't have any other athletes to follow on. They need him to be the superstar that he was before. Man, and I think I think he will because he's a confident dude. Like, I don't know if you guys out there, he's a good follow on Instagram. Like, he always puts up pictures or videos of him playing NBA 2K and him just, like, embarrassing people. So, like, he's just a confident dude in general. And I think those guys tend to come back better. Like, look at Adrian Peterson. He tore his ACL and came back and was better than before. Quickly. Yeah. Like, I've never seen recovery like that before. Well, I mean, some guys, like, they just have it in them to, like, no matter what happens, it's, like, not going to stop them. 
Like, no. is there any question that if Michael Jordan would have broken his leg or tore his ACL, would he have still come back and been just as good? I think there's no doubt he would have. Definitely. So, and you like, always you want to see those people come back. I mean, you, I hate to see what happened to Derrick Rose, and I, mm-hmm. I still hate it. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think a lot of it, like we talked about with Derrick Rose, was just he mentally hasn't been strong enough to come back from it. I mean, even when he was cleared and could have came back and helped his team, he didn't even want to try. Nope, set up the whole year. Well, with that being said, I think we should wrap it up here and leave for for more information and stuff for our next podcast. Guys, have anything else to say? I would just like to say thank our fans out there for your support and your continued support. I know we're a young, fledgling company, but we're slowly (laughs) building up, and we'd like to thank you for supporting us. I'd like to thank all our fans for following through with us, and I'd like to thank everybody who caught the last two podcasts and continue to tune in. And to go off what they said, I would like to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep doing what you're doing. Talk about us. Watch us. Listen to us. Visit our website. Tell your friends about us. Just keep all that going. And thank you for your support. We're going to be looking out for you guys in the near future. So continue to watch us because we're going to be coming up with some big things. Again, I'm your host, Jared, with Barrett and Quez, and we'd like to thank you once again to listen to our podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.